Hello everyone and welcome back to the VCO Esports Studio. After a week off, it's a delight to be back here to work our way through yet another fascinating guest from the world of sim racing. Why were we off? Well, I was at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway along with Porsche for the Porsche Esports Challenge. It was great to experience my first in-person LAN sim racing event and it's got me excited for the Esports Racing World Cup in 2023 when we'll be live in person in Germany in the middle of February to do it all over again. Before that though, we have the VCO Esports Fall Cup for the Esports Racing League that will start a week from today as we get underway with our focus on iRacing. And three new teams will join the fun and will be joined by one of our team managers today to talk about all things related to Wild Things Racing. So let's welcome to the VCO Esports studio Denise Pope and talk more about what's coming up for the rest of 2022. Denise, delighted to have you alongside. Talk to us a little bit about Wild Things Racing, the formative steps for the team and now being part of this delightful esports racing league hi arjuna um it's really nice to be here thanks for inviting me um so one thing racing was started um essentially is a, a couple of friends um over a year ago maybe even two years ago um and it wasn't really what you'd call a professional esports team uh, at the time it was just uh, a couple of friends who just got into sim racing um having having fun and doing some joint events um just uh just to pass the time it was uh, during lockdown um since then uh especially over the last year or so um it's developed into kind of a, a full-grown team um we've taken on some professional drivers um and we've started to get really good results and started to be invited to some of the bigger competitions which was never actually the aim um but it was kind of in the back of my mind uh, a lot of the time um personally i i know i'm not a, a, ever going to be like a professional driver so um but i always enjoyed seeing uh the cars that, or, and the liveries that i designed um during some of the the bigger events so i thought that's probably a good way to to or it's a, a good objective to to run a team that can get into those bigger events um so while i was never sort of aiming to do that myself it was certainly an ambition for the team and it's happened a lot lot quicker than i planned um which is is great um so yeah that's that's where we are today and I think part of that rise comes with your involvement in the community, and we'll talk more about that uh, further on in this conversation. But I kind of want to talk about the process of getting some of those better, bigger drivers on board. I've been in your position before, you know, had a team with some of my friends. We got a little serious, and then we suddenly started getting more and more serious. But there's, I think, a rather difficult step for newer teams when it's in sim racing in such a small world where you have to break in and get drivers to recognize your name and then join you as you continue to grow. What was that process like for you as you started on Assetto Corsa Competizione? Um, it, the process was an accident, basically, um, a happy accident. Um, we were, I mean, we, we were involved in, in a few smaller events and smaller communities, um, and we got to know some of the drivers in those. Um, a couple of those were particularly quick. Um, and uh, it, it actually transpired that another team uh, was disbanding. So they were primarily, a, I think, a Counter-Strike team or something. And they had a, a sim racing team sort of on the side. And they decided that they, they were going to go in, in a different direction with that. So all of a sudden, um, a couple of very fast drivers became available. Um, and we'd been talking to one of their teammates. 
um, about potentially sort of being their new home. Um, and we, we just got lucky that they agreed to do that. Um, and we picked up a number of drivers in all different levels. So um, silver, pro level drivers. Um, and we made it very clear from the outset that we're still growing and we, we were kind of aiming to become a, a bigger team at the time. Um, but we weren't there yet, so it was going to require a lot of patience and quite a lot of hard work, to be honest. Um, and they were okay with that. And they kind of, I think they they saw how dedicated we were to, to doing that and to help them develop their careers as, as well as um, develop the team as well. So there, were, there was an awful lot of, of luck involved, but I think because we were doing the foundations right, because we... We knew we weren't there yet, but we knew what to do to get to that point. Um, I think they could see, or they could have belief in us that we would get to, to this point eventually. Um, and it, it's it's fortunate that we that we've got there. Um, it's even more fortunate that we've got there quicker than than we planned. Um, and I can't complain about that. It's just a, sometimes it's a bit daunt, daunting, honestly, um, because there's there's things like this to do. There's there's sponsors to, to talk to, um, you know, there's, there's a hell of a lot of organisation behind the scenes that we have to commit the time to. Um, and that wasn't something that I foresaw particularly um, at the outset. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not complaining, but it is one of those things where you have to be able to take it very seriously. You have to be able to commit to it and to put in all the, as I say, the foundations to, to get to that point and to do it well. And to some degree, I think you make your own luck, right? When you build the strong foundation, you, you can only go upwards from there when you have such a strong background to, to fall back on. But as you look forward now, of course, you know, a year and a half, two years into the team, starting now, of course, to make strides outside of the world of Assetto Corsa Competizione. And that's where the Esports Racing League comes into play, but also being able to partner up with other teams that have maybe experienced this format as well and have drivers that know exactly what the competition will all be be about. So you're partnering up, of course, with Rocket Simsport uh, for SRO this in 2022. What does the Esports Racing League partnerships as you branch out to iRacing and R-Factor 2 look like from the team's perspective? Um, honestly, it's, it's kind of, it's still very early. So um, we're, we're sort of getting the team to spend quite a bit of time on on the platforms on rf2 and on iRacing. some of them already have quite a lot of iRacing experience um but we we have sort of i think we've made it known in the community that we're we're not experts on those two other platforms um, we have a lot to learn and we're going into this series with the viewpoint that it's going to be a learning experience you know we're not going to go in and, and kind of blow the world away and that's not really what our objective is the objective is to to learn um, to have fun to um to experience it essentially um and then we can go away and we can we can find out what we can do better uh we can talk to perhaps other drivers if we need to and bring those in but we can also help our, our own drivers at the moment to to practice and to train on the different platforms so in terms of the the vco vco competitions um we went into it kind of thinking yeah maybe we need to partner with with other teams but we're sort of thinking now let's just go for it let's just see what happens um and sort of throw 
our drivers in at the deep end. Um, off the back of that, there's obviously the, the SRO partnership with Rockets in Sport, which we're, we're really fortunate to have. Um, and it's kind of been like a, a nice entry into that series without the sort of the, the full commitment straight away. So again, it gives us time to learn. It gives us time to, to experience the environment, what, you know, what we can do well and what we need to improve on. Um, and hopefully next season, um, we'll be able to, to be in that again and show a bit more, a bit more strength, I think. So yeah, it's, uh, again, it's been quite daunting and it's been a case of this has happened. We've got to this point sooner than I thought we would, um, probably a year sooner. Um, but rather than be like, no, we can't do that. It's just a case of let's go for it. Let's see what happens and let's use it to, to learn for the next time. We talked a lot about the team. I kind of want to dive into your background as well within sim racing because team owner, of course, but you work behind the scenes at the sim grid. You worked on liveries as well for Assetto Corsa Competizione. Very, very talented artist, and I highly encourage people to follow you on social media. How exactly did you get connected with the world and the likes of Kuno Simula, uh, Kuno's competition and the Assetto Corsa Competizione game? Um, purely through just putting in. I just did deliveries for fun, essentially. Um, and I, like you say, I'm, I'm quite active on social media. So I posted a lot um, of, of my work and I I uh, sort of showed people how much I enjoy doing it and um, my approach to it. And I, I kind of, my background is, is as a graphic designer. So it was always natural to to do that work in the field of sim racing once I got involved with it. Um, and I, again, I didn't have an objective to, to move into sim racing. It just kind of happened because I like to drive fast cars and I like them to look good as well. Um, I'm a big, big motorsport fan. So I've kind of grown up watching Formula One, um, GT3 these days, um, or MotoGP as well. So I've always sort of had that in the back of my mind that it, it would be so cool to design a racing car. And we, we live in a world now where we're able to do that. And it's become so accessible. Um, I would have been mad not to do that. And even as a kid, I was designing racing cars. So to to kind of go through that that phase of my life all over again has been really really good. Um, in terms of actually working in sim racing and um, becoming a part of the industry, uh, I didn't expect it. It was again, it was partly by accident. Um, I noticed one day that the, the, the sim grid um, started for me with the first season of more female races. That really got me interested in in sim racing as a as a, a big thing that I could do. And so I did, <clears throat> excuse me, the first two series of that. And I then noticed that sim grid were advertising for a social media um, person. And I thought I may as well just go for that because. I'm doing social media anyway. I love sim racing. Um, I want to get into the industry if I can. I didn't think it would happen, but I, I applied for it. Started with working with SimGrid. And around the same time, um, Kunos actually um, got in touch with me uh, from Twitter, I think, just from seeing some of my work. And they were like, do you want to do some liveries? And I was like, yes, please. I'll, I'll happily do that. Um, because I, I was doing that stuff for free. So to, to do it and get paid for it, it's like, why not? You know. Um, and so 
it, it was just a, a happy accident. Um, and I did a, a couple of sort of test projects for them. Um, and now I kind of do regular updates with them. So that's really cool. Um, and with the, the sim grid, my role went from social media to doing a lot more of the design stuff. Um, so working on the website and the events that we do um, to make sure that, you know, they, they look as great as, as they are to, to take part in. Um, and it's just, it, it's a, it's, it feels like a very circular thing. Um, and it's really, it's really nice. It's kind of all encompassing. Like my, my world has gone from working with clients um, and sometimes finding that quite frustrating, I'll be honest, to working in an industry where, you know, you can, you can almost do no wrong. I know that, that sounds weird, but it, it's kind of like whatever you do, you're enjoying it and people are people respond to it in a in a positive way and i found that throughout the sim racing industry it's, it's fantastic in in that respect so i think i'm just very fortunate um, to have ended up here and now having a, a team in in these events is is i can't believe it. it it you know it was never on the agenda it just it it's all kind of happens um and there's been a bit of you know planning and a bit of um foresight there but some of it has been streams you know that have, that have sort of happened so so yeah that's that's where i am today i think especially in sim racing i can speak from personal experience sometimes just being on social media putting yourself out there gets you noticed and it's great that the the opportunities came from that i do kind of want to ask you though you know in the world of in sim racing, you say you can do no wrong. I kind of feel like that's true when it comes to the design of our cars as well, because we can take liberties and we can be way more creative than you can be sometimes in the real world. We talk about art cars and some of the special things that they do in the real world, but as a designer, you know, coming into a, a world where we have a, a blank slate and a clean canvas, how much fun do you have in sim racing just being able to try all these weird and unique things that we can we can do and we can have fun with? Um, I'll be completely honest, my objective with designing any livery is to make it as, as realistic as possible. Um, so I'm not someone that does kind of goes off into fantasy land. You know, I, I have ideas and I, I see if they work and I see if they feel like they could be run by a, a real team. Um, I, I try and imagine if I could see them in the GT3 series, in GTWC, for example. Um, so for me, it's always been sim racing is about immersion right and to get that you have to make it you have to make the things that you can make realistic as realistic as possible or at least play to what people think is realistic um so the developers of sim racing platforms do that as much as possible sometimes you know it may not be 100 percent accurate to the way the world works the way physics works but they make it feel as realistic as you imagine it could be um and i i feel like it's the same with with what i do if it, it feels to me as if it could be a, a real team could could do that a real team would would be happy to have their sponsors on the car um use the colors that they use use the finishes and so on then that's what I, that's what my objective is um it's never actually to be as creative as possible i actually find that really tricky to be honest um it's like when a, a client gives you a, an open brief and, you know, from the outside perspective, you think that's great. You can do whatever you want. From a designer's perspective, 
you kind of want to you want direction and you want to feel like there are rules and regulations and you should you should fit within those maybe break them occasionally but generally you need that kind of strong sense of this is what i want this is what i i think will work and then you use your experience and your talent to 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 meet those objectives essentially um also there's the, the slight issue of like big fantasy things take a lot more work than something that is very focused and uh, more realistic um, perhaps so you almost down to the when i went to to, to spa it was interesting to see the way liveries apply are applied to cars you know from the outside or on tv they always look amazing they always look really well finished and you get up close to a racing car and there's chips and there's dents and there's angles that don't line up it's completely different um so i, I would say that the one thing about doing sim racing liveries is that you you get to skip that part right you can do something that is kind of perfect even though in the real world you know full well it, it probably wouldn't turn out like that yeah i guess the most complex thing that you have when it comes to designing the sim livery in that regard is the 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 uv map the wireframe that you're designing on isn't always going to match up with the car itself so you'll stretch things out over different parts and i guess that's maybe where the the complexity comes in interesting to to hear your thoughts there let's talk though about something you mentioned just a couple of moments ago and that's the sim grid and their focus on on diversity as well and it's something that's important in our very sometimes toxic world of, of esports and sim racing but SimGrid have been championing the advocate for more women in motorsports and that's something that you do as well can you talk to us about how important that is for you especially as a, a team owner of a a team that's becoming more and more established yeah um i think i come at this from a, a slightly unique perspective in that i grew up around motorsport so my father was involved with a, a a couple of different racing teams and he was a valley driver be, before that so and he used to take me to to pit lanes and to pit garages and i was so young at the time you know it, a lot of it i don't really remember i just remember being around that environment but i i find it very comfortable now um it's almost like going home in in some respects in some quite strange respects um, the smells especially which you, you don't get with sim racing but um so for me it i've never come across with me personally i've never had any any sort of negative connotations in terms of being a woman in motorsport or in sim racing and i think i've had to learn over the last two three years that i'm very lucky to be in that position and I, I kind of, I, I almost don't understand how it could be any different to that. Um, so it's quite interesting to sort of be involved with, with the SimGrid and with the More Female Races series, because to me, it's just another series. It just happens that most of the competitors, are, are all of the competitors are, are female. Um, to me, that doesn't place any sort of special emphasis on anything it's just the 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 way it is um i kind of lost track of where i was going with this but i think it's a case of one of the things that i do remember when i first started in sim racing and the reason i got into more female races was because there is a difference in terms of 
being a woman and going into something new where it is predominantly male orientated um if you're new to an industry or you're new to a, a way of uh, a way of competing and all you see are men and guys it can feel intimidating it can be like how am i going to get involved with that i don't know anyone i don't have anything in common with anyone what are they going to think of me all of that stuff and the reason mfr appealed to me is because it was all women and it was all women that were new to sim racing so everyone there was in the same position that i was in and to me that felt far more open and welcoming than anything else that was going on at the time and that's what convinced me to kind of get involved essentially and i think if if we can continue that that platform um to get new female racers involved in sim racing and just to show them that it, I mean, it's not just about the racing, it's about team ownership, it might be about engineering, it might be about working in the industry, it could be all sorts of different things. Um, but I think if, if they can see that there are successful drivers, or successful women at all levels of, of competition like that, then it's only going to help people to see that the doors are open. And that has to be really, really important. Um, it's never about sort of treating people differently. It's about making sure that everyone has the same opportunities as, as anyone else and making sure that people feel comfortable to get involved with something new. Um, so that's why, I think that's why MFR is, is, I think that's the job of MFR is to have that or leave that door open, show that it's open and be like, come and have a go if you, if you really want to. Um, because it's, I mean, for me, it's been a really positive, um, I've loved it. You know, I've competed in every single, every single series. Um, I've done well sometimes, I've done less well other times. Um, I was able to partner up with a W Series driver, Sarah Moore, uh, last season. That was amazing. Um, so, yeah, it's, and it, it just shows that if, if someone that is new to sim racing, like I was, can go that far into something and have those experiences, then anyone can. Literally anyone can. It's... Uh, it's fantastic. I've experienced uh, the community of sim racing as well. I can confirm it can be great, although I think this past weekend has uh, shown that social media in motorsports is always going to be a difficult place for anyone who is in any significant, uh, high-profile sort of a position. Denise, it's been delightful to chat with you. Before we let you go, I want to circle back as well to the comment you made about using the Esports Racing League as a testbed in 2022 to build for next year and hopefully a crack at the Esports Racing World Cup for 2024. We're getting a long way down the road right now, but what are your hopes and expectations for your team then as you get ready to go racing in seven days' time? Um, I think mostly just to... For me, sim racing is all about having fun, right? If you're not having fun, then stop. You know, um, I think as long as the guys have fun competing um, and they don't, I, I don't think that anything sort of, sort of too bad will happen. Um, it's a case of seeing how far we can get in the competition, knowing that it's not our preferred platform. It is something that we're, we're learning and just to just to experience it, I think. Um, and whatever we can learn with, from that has to be a good thing um, and will be something that we can we, we can use in the future to be like, 
hey, this happened and this part of it went really well. This part of it did not go so well. What do we need to do to make sure that next time um, we improve? Because that's ultimately what, what the objective is, is to improve as much as possible um, and ultimately be successful. That may be months, years down the line, but I think it will happen eventually. That was a chat with Denise Pope, the team owner and manager at Wild Things Racing. They'll be in action seven days from today when the Esports Racing League gets back underway for its full cup. We focus on iRacing and we break out the iRacing IR04. You'll choose the track though as always, so head on over to our VCO social media where next Tuesday you'll pick our location for round one of the ERL Fall Cup. As always, we'll be back next week to talk to another guest from our fascinating world of sim racing. You can catch it live on Twitch or Twitter or after the fact on your favorite podcast platform. On the on behalf of the team at VCO, for Mike Kiao behind the scenes and for myself, Arjuna Kanki Party. We'll see you next week for now. So long and race on.